podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Here we go with the Europa League preview special and a little review of a, a half first team half under 23s game against Crystal Palace in the final Premier League game of the season. We welcome Ajax fan Kevin Suave from AjaxDaily.com to talk about Man United's Dutch opponents in the final. That's in the second half of the episode. And with a couple of audio clips from Sam Platts, we say goodbye to the pub that's welcomed so many United fans pre and post match for so many years. Jack, let's talk Palace for a couple of minutes first. Um, 12 academy graduates in the 18-man squad. Uh, records broken all over the pitch. It was a, it was a real feel-good day at Old Trafford, despite it meaning nothing on, on a sort of bigger picture. Great occasion for everyone involved. It was lovely to see so many academy players in the in the squad um, and some some brilliant performances. Definitely a feel-good day. It was almost a moment of symmetry when Angel Gomez came on for Wayne Rooney in the second half. Well, that was really poignant and just showed you know really the the shift in the generations of. Who will be leading this club forward? And there were some very, very good performances by our uh, our younger players too. Yeah, it was a it was a really encouraging game. Um, Angel Gomez becomes uh, the first Premier League 2000 born player, and thus becomes the first player to play for Man United after after we won the treble. So, uh, and and is also the first player to play for Man United who is younger than me, which is a, a <laughs> is both exciting and and slightly disappointing in terms of my, my life as a whole. Um, yeah, I mean, on Wayne Rooney, if that's his last game for the club and he knew that that's his, his last game at Old Trafford, I mean, fair play to him because, I mean, you look at John Terry commanding a 26-minute a substitution <laughs> and, guard and stopping the game to, to get a guard of honour in what is arguably the worst moment football has ever seen. And then if Wayne Rooney knows that's his last game at Old Trafford, he, he applauds all four corners of the ground, goes off, gives Angel Gomez a hug, pats him on the back and says, right... It's your turn now. I mean, compare that with John Terry. It, Rooney's Rooney's done some bad things to United. The the two transfer requests are are bad. But if we're just looking at that moment, that's I mean, fair play to him if he, if he knew that was his last game. And I saw um, West Ham United's owner David Gold tweeted. I think we're all gonna have to accept it's unlikely that teenagers get into into Premier League squads with with seasoned internationals. <laughs> He's talking about West Ham there. I mean. Just just as a fan, I mean, seeing a Stockport-born United fan jump up, screaming into the faces of fellow United fans, jumping into the air, embracing Axel Twanzebe, I mean, that's that's football. Yeah. That's for, for all the trophies, there's, there's, there's no better feeling as a Man United fan, or for any football fan, really, than seeing a youngster score on his debut like Harrop did. Seeing, seeing them jump up, screaming in the faces of fellow United fans, similarly enthralled by that. I mean, that's that's what sport and that's what that's what life is all about, because... For all those trophies, even for the Europa League on Wednesday, it's those really small moments in time that that really make football what it is. So those few seconds of, of I don't know, pure pure emotion and 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 ridiculous happiness and joy and pride. I mean, that's that's what it's about. It's not about a one 0 win. And so, I mean, that David Gold tweet was shocking. If if you haven't seen it, just look on his account. I mean, that's forgetting why why we love football, yeah. and that's why. I mean, I I I live around a bunch of Arsenal fans, so they were saying, "Oh, why are you happy? You're, you're sick there. You just beat Crystal Palace." And it's like, well, this is a special day for the club. Yeah, it's a chance to showcase showcase the talent we, that we have and give some of these youngsters a real chance. And they, 
a lot of them ended up taking the chance, and it it was lovely to see a United born or sorry, a Manchester born United fan to come and score on his debut was was absolutely brilliant. And it, I mean, we spoke a little bit about this last time. It really reminded me of Ryan Giggs's last game in charge when he when he was interim manager for a couple of games um, against, against the one against Norwich at home. I thought it was very very similar occasions, and in both in both times, despite very very mediocre seasons. Um, that went before it. It was just a feel-good factor at the club, even despite everything that had gone before. There was a real feeling of this is the future. This is what this club is all about. And you know, we have we're very very proud of our record of having was it, over three thousand games now in a row with at least one academy player in the in the matchday squad. But this is on a whole other level, and it was brilliant to see them all come out and put on a brilliant show for the supporters. It wasn't just they were there to make up the numbers. They really proved that. There is some brilliant, brilliant talent in our in our academy, and it was lovely to see them all get onto the pitch, and especially seeing them play play together as well. Because there's probably not something they're ever going to get ever again with all of them playing on on the Old Trafford yeah. pitch in front of seventy five thousand all together. Exactly. Uh, Demi Mitchell came out after the game and said, "I mean, first he said, oh, great experience. Want to thank the manager.' And then he was like, "Well, I've, I never, I never really thought we'd all be playing together. I, I mean, that's that's what, yeah. that's what make it so. There's a brilliant picture of after the game. It's um." You've got 13 academy graduates in one photo, and that includes Rashford, who wasn't in the squad. But you've only got Pogba and Lingard there, sort of cemented their first team place. And then you've got Harrop, Gomez, Willock, McTonaghy. The list, the list goes on, really. And it's it's such a, I mean, for me, it's such a, it's such a beautiful photo because it sort of encapsulates what what Man United is about. The they're giving you the chance, having having faith in your youngsters. Um, right, we can't spend too long on Crystal Palace, but um, yeah, just in general, a, a really feel good day for the club. Right. Ajax, uh, this is what this episode is is mainly about. Um, Europa League final, Stockholm. We've had some special nights in the past. Um, I'm, I'm going to start off with probably quite a bold statement that this is one of the biggest matches in, in the club's history. And probably, not. it's not the biggest in terms of what's, what's directly at stake for United, but it's one of the biggest in sort of determining the future of, of the club on the world stage. And I've seen some people comparing it to to ninety one um, when Mark Hughes scored in in Rotterdam. Yeah, I I would agree. It's it's extremely extremely important game for not not just for the sake of this this specific team moving forward, but the club generally. I think it could define the next few years and and how that goes. It could define who we're able to attract in the summer because you know although we're still a very very big club and we're still a very big name and we have very very deep pockets. There are still players that don't want to go to a club that isn't playing in the Champions League. Um, so I think it's going to define how our summer goes. It's going to define how next season pans out. It's an extremely important game. Almost more so, more than just the footballing aspect of it, it's important as a signal of we are Manchester United, this is where we belong, and we are going to be playing in the Champions League because that's where we should be. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a, a sort of direct... Um, reward, which is a trophy and Champions League spot, and then there's uh, if we lose this, there's there's that that reputation, the the feeling that this has been a bad season, that it's been disastrous. How have we lost it? And, and if we win, really, it'll be a fantastic night. But no one will go, "Oh, United are back." It's just it's sort of a something that we have to do, and it won't get much praise, but it's something we have to do. And it's not really fair that it won't get much praise because winning the Europa League is hard. I mean, it's obviously the second 
it, it's not the elite level competition that Man United should be at. But there's so many games in, in this competition, there's a reason that English teams have typically really, really struggled to win the Europa League. And I guess finishing sixth is a, is a consequence of of doing that. I mean, talking about finishing sixth, um, if you're wondering why we're not reviewing the season as a whole, we'll do that after Stockholm because that really does, does affect everything. Um, yeah. we'll, we'll be talking about Mourinho and, and how he's done. Um, Jack, you'll hear this when we talk to, to Kevin Suave later in the episodes. Um, and he said, Ajax will struggle if United go for them at the start of the game. Now, it's hard to see Mourinho doing that, is it? <laughs> yeah, I can't, I can't see that happening. It's it, it it seems out of out of the question to be honest. But he said, "Look, if you put these young players under pressure, they are very good at dealing with pressure, and we've seen that before this season with Ajax. But they're still young players; they're still normal players. This is their first major European final, and they will they will be shaken if you if you really go at them. But that's not something we've seen United do at all this season. In terms of a performance, we need a performance like Chelsea because we haven't had one since Chelsea. It's, it's all been downhill since that game and we haven't really had one before that game. That game was a a massive pinnacle of what Mourinho has been bringing together. So we need a performance like yeah. that. I mean, I, I mean, we do need a, a performance like that, but I'm not even sure that those tactics will will wash in, in this final. I, I just think, of course, we need to make sure that we don't give any silly goals away because... Going forward, this Ajax team are very, very good. They're very dynamic, very explosive. But I also think that we do need to put them under some kind of pressure because, like we said, they are they are young players. They aren't. They haven't been exposed to games like this. Whereas, all right, our players maybe not all of them have been exposed to, to say a European final, but they're vastly more experienced and been involved in these types of games before. And I think we need to really play on that edge that we have and make sure that we make the most of it. And I think the way to do that is to put these uh, IX players under pressure, is to take the game to them in a, in a sensible manner. I think we at least need to try and control the game. Whether the, That doesn't necessarily mean try and go all out attack from the very first minute, but we need to get control of possession, get control of the game, and make sure that we're the ones dictating the, the play and dictating the tempo of the game. We'll, we'll leave Kevin to talk about Ajax's strengths. Let's talk about United. Um, who would you start as our, our centre-back partnership? Well, now that Eric Bailly is gone, um, it's, I want to say Twanzebi and Jones or Twanzebi and Blind. Um, but I don't know if Twanzebi and Jones leaves us with too much of a lack of a leader, I guess, in that fact. Because we talked about this in the last episode where Phil Jones is a great defender when he has someone next to him telling him where to go all the time. Um, and I'm not sure Twanzebi is quite ready for that role yet. So I, I'm tempted to maybe go with Twanzebi and Blind. Although I have a feeling that Jones and Blind or Smalling and Blind will be the partnership Mourinho goes with. Yeah, I think I think finally he might reject the, the notion of Jones and Smalling, which would be a, a big relief. Um, and my hope would be that we'd see a Twanzebi blind partnership purely because I think Twanzebi Jones is a bit risky yeah. uh, I'm probably being influenced by Mourinho's anti-risk style there but <laughs> uh yeah I mean yeah Jones plays better when he's got a big a big leader next to him as you say and and Blind can I mean Blind isn't a leader but he's he's quite a calming influence to have saying yeah. that there is absolutely no chance of Twans ever starting at centre-back um if he's going to start anywhere it's going to be central midfield and I don't think he's going to start at all uh, yeah. 
I think we'll we'll probably see a back line of of Valencia, uh, Jones, Blind, and Damian, and yep. out of the realistic options, that's probably the best one we can we can go for. So let's hope yep. for that. Uh, I was actually thinking about this the other day. Actually, sorry, just to find out, Damian has actually surprised me in the last few months. He's come in and he's actually played pretty well at left back. Yeah, I, I think he's done well in in, in recent weeks. Um, had had some shocking games in his United career, but he's he's been fairly yeah. solid in recent weeks. Um, I mean, it's just a shame because Ajax's main weak spot is their wing back. So if we, it would be so nice to have Luke Shaw bombing down that wing and really threatening them. Um, yeah. In central midfield, are we are we going to see another four three three? Are we going to see a, a Carrick Herrera Pogba or Fellaini Herrera Pogba? I wouldn't be surprised to see a Fellaini Herrera Pogba. Yeah, yeah. I, I think Herrera Pogba will definitely play, and I think we will go with a four-two-three. I think Mourinho will be more inclined to go with Fellaini over over Carrick, even though I think we never should have left our Carrick Herrera Pogba midfield three that was the most successful for us earlier in the season. Yeah, um, yeah. I can, I can definitely see a Fellaini Pogba Herrera, and and Pogba absolutely bossed that first half against Palace um, not a great Palace side sure but absolutely bossed it ran the game um, and was given a, yeah. a standing ovation at Old Trafford as he, he went off just before half time um, and I actually just I think it was good of Mourinho to actually play Pogba in that game because I think he needed to get some minutes before the uh, before the Europa League final obviously he hadn't played in the two games before that because of his dad passing away yeah and, and it was really I think a strange decision, but a good decision to give him that that chance to be applauded off the pitch and, and sort of given a, a little morale boost. So I, he has a lot of confidence. So I, I don't know if he needs it, but a nice a nice little gesture and a good decision from Mourinho. Um, and Martial came on for for Jesse Lingard. I think we're going to see Lingard, not Martial. Uh, Martial didn't didn't I don't think do do enough to convince Mourinho he's the right man. Yeah, I'd agree. I I can't see Martial start starting. I think. I think he's definitely improved in recent weeks, but I don't think he's quite done enough to to prove to Mourinho, like you said, that that he's the man that should be trusted with taking us forward in this Europa League final. I think we'll probably see a forward line of Lingard, Rashford, and Mata. Yeah, I've, I I would think Mkhitaryan would be involved. Um, I think probably Mkhitaryan, Lingard, and then Rashford up front. Um, that's not too bad. There's not a lot of pace there, which is the only worry. But then you've got yeah. Valencia coming down on that that right side, hopefully. Yeah. And then and then Marcus Rashford up front. Um, are we are we confident? Um, I'm not sure if confident is the right word, but I I think I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to. It. I'm not. I don't want to say I'm confident because who knows what's gonna what's gonna come up. This team is not not the most reliable. Um, but I, th- I I'm definitely looking forward to it. I think. We have the quality to win. It's just about going out there and performing like we know that we can when we play to our best. Right. I'm going to... Yeah. I mean, the closer you get to the final, the less confident you get, the more nervous you get. Yeah. It's the same with um, Liverpool games and City games. The close, In fact, Liverpool, you, you're quite confident. City, the closer you get, the more nervous you get, even, even if you're in good form. So getting a bit nervous, not very confident, but it's it could be a brilliant night. After 
the break for our regular youth and loan roundups, we'll be talking to Ajax fan Kevin Swarth. So skip ahead by two minutes or so to hear that straight away. But now, of course, it's been a special week for Man United's academy. Just need to take time to pay credit to the to the academy coaches, past and present, like Warren Joyce, Paul McGuinness, Neil Ryan, Hasni Aljafri, Nicky Butt, Tommy Martin, and, and you can think of loads more than that for their work with the young boys who, who played at Old Trafford on Sunday. In terms of the youth teams, there's been no under-18 or under-23 action after their seasons finished last week. There's been some action at under-15 and under-16 levels, so check at Academy Man UTD for all those results. And in low news, Andreas Pereira scored in his final game for relegated La Liga side Granada in a brilliant performance for the Brazilian on Saturday, a curler from the edge of the box where perhaps the goalkeeper should have done better. And Anjanazai played for Sunderland against champions Chelsea in the Premier League, and Guillermo Varela was in action for Eintracht Frankfurt against RB Leipzig, in the Bundesliga. Right, we're, we're fortunate to be joined by Ajax Daly's Kevin Suave for some, some real insight into Man United's Europa League final opponents on Wednesday, Ajax. Young, exciting, is, is that what we can expect, Kevin? Absolutely. The Ajax that we've seen over the last couple of months has been nothing short of a, a very exciting. Some remarkable young talents playing a very interesting uh, piece of football, um, pushing forward. Um, really based on, on the football uh, I think Johan Cruyff liked to see and it, it's, it's been a joy absolutely There's been a lot of United fans watching on slightly slightly worried at the, at the prospect of facing Ajax now um, are, are you are Ajax fans and, and yourself are you, are you hopeful coming into this game? Myself yes I am and I think most Ajax fans are as well um, because the football we've seen from Ajax over the last six months has been uh, so much better compared to the last couple of years. Um, Peter Boss is our new manager, and he's introduced a, a refreshing new playing style, uh, whereas Frank de Boer, our former manager, was more um, conservative in his approach. Um, we never really had that much international success, and now with Peter Boss, although we um, you know, didn't manage to grab hold of the Eredivisie title, we've made great strides in, in, in European competition and um, we've shown we can we can battle with the best. So, um, of course, we, we're a young side and uh, we're inexperienced and, and that'll show. But uh, I do believe we, we can threaten Manchester United and, and, and win the thing. United fans have just come out of the, the, the final Premier League game of the season at Old Trafford. There's been 12 academy players out of 18 in the squad. An average age of, I think it was 22.3. That's, that's weekly for Ajax, isn't it? That would have been an odd side to us, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, that's an, an incredible statistic for for a club now in a major European final. The, uh, yeah, and that's, that's probably one of the things that attracts uh, people uh, to the club, to Ajax, because it isn't just a, a once-in-a-season thing. It's, it's more a, a part of the philosophy of the club, uh, of the culture. You know? uh, Ajax, what they do is they, they give these young players the opportunity to develop themselves on uh, not just the domestic Eredivisie stage, but also in, in Europe, European club football. And um, I think that's what attracts most people to, to the club. It's, it's such an integral part of, of who Ajax are and, and what they want to be. Um, we're no longer the European giants we were in the, in the 70s or in the 90s, but 
this is our way of still showing uh, dominance in a certain aspect of football. That's that's who we are. Yeah, and and you mentioned how the the style of plays improved under your new manager. Um, that's it's an incredible thing that despite having success under under Frank De Boer, you've now sort of changed manager just just for the style of play. What? Now, what is the style of play? For United fans that haven't watched Ajax this season in, in their sort of gut-busting, um, impressive performances in the Europa League, what can we expect from, from this Ajax team? Ajax, the, the current team, what they try to play and uh, don't always succeed, but it's always the goal is to uh, push forward high pressure, um, uh, quick rotation of the ball. Um, as soon as they lose possession, they, they push forward the entire team. It's at times, it's it's remarkable to see, uh, even after 80 minutes um, into the game, they can still push forward the entire team as 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 one uh, collective unit. Um, but it's just um, the pace. It everything has has gone up a few notches uh, ever since Peter Bos took over. Uh, whereas, like I said before, Frank de Boer was a bit more conservative. Uh, one of his most important aspects was uh, keeping hold of the ball, possession, and waiting until we would get that one uh, chance to to decide the game. But uh, Peter Boss, on the other hand, um, he, the team keeps on creating chances. It's it's uh, crazy. Even in the in the Lyon game, um, as well as the Schalke game at home, um, we put down some some great scores but we could have scored so much more this team is just capable of putting so much pressure on the opposition and um, resulting in in a crazy amount of chances it's great to see it's it's high pressure lots of creative freedom uh, really a boss's own version of total football I believe as a neutral I'm sure that's going to be great to watch but it's a it's a style of play United have have struggled to cope with against teams like playing that kind of football um, in, in the Premier League, at least, what's a what's a weakness in Ajax's side? I've seen a few Ajax fans sort of worried about the the wide areas in in terms of defensiveness. The the wing backs is that where United can really exploit a, a young defence? Definitely, um, we have t- our, our two uh, wing backs are uh, Joel Feldman and on the other side, usually Nick Viergever. Um, as you might know, uh, Nick Viergever is suspended, so he'll probably re- be replaced by. Um, Either Daly Sinkgrave, who's a attacking midfielder turned wingback, or Jairo Riedewald, of course. Riedewald, who's a, a young up-and-coming defender as well. Um, anyway, um, but the discussion goes that these are indeed the two weakest positions within the team. And uh, you ask me, what is the weakness? Um, what I said earlier is um, the home games against Schalke and against Lyon, the team was uh, capable of playing that high-pressure game, but... Uh, in the away games, they struggled. They tried to put on the same display, but they couldn't uh, force themselves onto onto the opponent. And um, that really is um, inherent in the in in the club with so many young players. Is that uh, w- while when they succeed in playing the way they want to play, it looks great. But uh, if they can, uh, the inexperience will lead them to um, yeah being really inconsistent and um, switching great games with. Uh, not so great games and uh, I think either Ajax turns up in the final and they'll uh, go about and do their thing like they did at, in the home games or they'll uh, be struggling to to get a grip on, on Manchester United and, and that'll be inter- interesting to see if, if they're capable of playing the, the game against such a uh, not only 
immense opponent, but also the players, when you look at it, um, they're so much bigger and physically stronger. I'm really curious to see if, if we'll be able to uh, yeah, enforce our, our regular yeah, so, game. So it. mentally, it could be a really tough challenge for Ajax. Do you think if United get a good start, will that really, really affect the young players? I know it's a, it's a stereotype that young players are, are weaker mentally, but is this Ajax team prone to, to sort of falling apart under, under a lot of pressure or are they good at dealing with that? Uh, funny enough, they're really good at that. Um, for example, the, I'll mention them again, but the, the away games against Schalke and Lyon, th- those were really tough games. And in the back, for example, we have a, a 17-year-old, uh, Matthijs de Ligt. Uh, we're playing with wingers who are uh, aged uh, 18 or 19. Um, these guys are really young. And even when we um, got a player send-off, it was uh, 10 versus 11, they still managed to uh, secure the victory and, and advance in the tournament. So while I uh, agree with you that usually you, you'd expect younger, inexperienced players to struggle with uh, the pressure, these guys, and I truly do believe it's it's not just an Ajax thing, but it's it comes down to these specific players. They're just so mentally strong and, and confident that they um, even... Through adversity, they, they managed to, to pull it out. So I do believe that uh, should Manchester United score a quick one, for example, they it'll be a, a slap in the face. But I, I don't believe it's it's game over from there. I certainly believe we still have a chance. Right. And if, if Ajax are going to win, who's who's going to be responsible for that? Who, who are the best players out of this, this real team unit when I've watched Ajax? Um, if you'd ask me, I'd go with uh, Kasper Dolberg. Um, Immense talent, uh, 19 years old, but he's been absolutely super, superb and um, even linked with uh, the likes of Manchester United and Manchester City. Um, in my opinion, the most well-rounded Ajax striker since uh, Patrick Kluivert, and uh, that's quite a feat. Oh, yeah. um, he's just, uh, for a 19-year-old, he's so uh, um, in front of goal. He's ice cold. He's a, he's a true killer, but at the same time, he's so all-round. He can keep hold of the ball. He, he plays as a target man, but also has impeccable timing, knows when to show up in front of goal. Um, he's just uh, this amazing all-round uh, striker prospect, and um, he's been great for us already uh, during the tournament, uh, always showing up, always scoring his goals, uh, and that for his first season in, in the senior team. So that's definitely one to watch out for, uh, which I truly believe Manchester United will. Um, then there's our captain, Davy Klaassen, who's... Uh, not as flashy as some of the other players, but he's like the engine. And I do believe what we said earlier about a piece of experience and uh, uh, dealing with the pressure. He's he's very important in, in that department um, because he knows how to keep the team together. And um, uh, we had a, a game, Eredivisie game, two weeks ago, and uh, the tempo wasn't as high as you would like. And uh, Klaassen is the one who, in their face, goes like, come on, we, we got to do this. And, and he... he pulls it back together and he makes sure that the, the guys push forward. Um, so he plays a very important captain role in, in, in the whole. Um, then there's Davinson Sanchez, of course. He's our uh, central defender, joined us from uh, Nacional, I believe, a team from Colombia um, at the start of the season. And he's been uh, outstanding as well. He adapted to the team in no time and has been chosen as the player of the year even uh, at Ajax. Um, he's just incredibly strong, uh, physically strong, but also, and that's typical for Ajax, not only strong in defense, but also uh, very good um, with his ball-playing capabilities. He knows how to um, 
yeah, keep the ball in play and make sure the, the pace is high and the tempo stays up. So um, he's one to watch out for as well. And really, I could name all 11 of them because, <laughs> and that's not just because I'm, I'm an Ajax fan, but also because the team is remarkable. The, this generation of Ajax players uh, and the molding together is just uh, yeah, a thing of beauty. And um, I think uh, even for Manchester United fans, you're going to enjoy the Ajax side you're going to face. Of course, you want to beat them, but um, if, if you enjoy football and, and you love the beautiful game, you're, you're going to love uh, these Ajax players. Well, um, that's that's striking the fear into me, and I'm sure some people listening. Very very quickly, if you're Mourinho, do you do you sit back, force Ajax to to make stuff out them, themselves, or do you, do you go for it, put pressure on Ajax, make make these young players a bit nervous? I'd expect Mourinho to do the first, but if I were him, I'd go with the latter because. Um... Ajax, when, when they're allowed to have the, uh, the ball and they, they keep possession and they're capable of uh, making the play, um, they're at their best. Um, and I think if you try to uh, overpower them right from the beginning, that's the best way to, uh, like you said, uh, they're going to get um, pressure put on them and they're, they're going to struggle with that. And that has been proven in, in games in the past that uh, once they uh, can't get underneath uh, uh, from the pressure, they're, they're struggling and they're going to have a hard time so if I were Mourinho I'd absolutely go with uh, with the ladder and, and, and push forward but um, as far as I know Mourinho I'm no expert but I don't think he's uh, he's going to do that but. yeah that, that's that's not very likely and uh, you, you were saying um, mm-hmm. before just like just like me and many other United fans you've missed out on a on a ticket for the final with with 10,000 feet side ridiculous um, but but where are you watching it I'll be in Amsterdam in the city center uh, Museumplein, it's called. It's a square in the middle of the city. Uh, big screens all around. Uh, one big, gigantic party with ten thousands of uh, Ajax fans. So uh, yeah, uh, very sorry I missed out on the ticket, but very excited to uh, share the delight or the sadness with the uh, with the rest of my uh, Ajax companions. Yeah, that 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 should be fun. Either way, uh, memorable experience. And and look, some people. We'll, we'll pretend they know a lot about Ajax now because they've signed all the players on Football Manager. They've seen these wonder kids on Football Manager. But, but you actually know about Ajax. So tell us where we, could, where we can read about Ajax, where we can follow you on Twitter. Uh, you can read everything about Ajax and more at ajaxdaily.com. That's uh, our website. And um, we're on all social media, but usually Twitter is uh, most up-to-date at ajaxdaily.com, spelled out like that. Um, yeah, that's where you can find us. Brilliant. I'd I'd check it out. Much much recommended website for for anyone wanna wanting to learn about IX before. IXDaily.com and IXDaily dot that's that's spelt like the word dot dot com on, on Twitter as well. Thank you very much for for giving up some of your Sunday evening, Kevin. Um delighted to speak to you. Um really insight into IX and hopefully you you enjoy it despite Man United beating you on, on Wednesday, but we'll <laughs> we'll we'll see. I'd love to have a chat with you uh Thursday morning. Well, We'll, we'll, we'll arrange that for the next episode. Perfect. You, you enjoyed the game as well, and thank you very much for having me on. Cheers. Right, hope you enjoyed that little chat with ixdaily.com's Kevin Suave. You can check out their website, ixdaily.com, and on Twitter, ixdailyspelloutcom That's all we have time for on this, on this Stockholm special as we preview the Europa League final and celebrate a fantastic final Premier League game where, where Josh Hirep scores on his debut and, and Angel Gomez made history. Thank you as always for listening. Enjoy Wednesday night, especially if you're going. It, it could be one of the best nights for many, many years. And 
I mean, it's Europa League, sure, but we've had some special nights in Europe. It's Wembley, Rotterdam, Barcelona, Moscow, Stockholm. Goodbye. Right, and a final goodbye from the Manchester United weekly podcast to Sam Platts, the pub for many Man United fans pre and post match going to Old Trafford, the place I've been over the last four or five years, three or four years. Um, so many brilliant memories in that pub underneath the tents, singing with other United fans. Um, brilliant song, better, better atmosphere than Old Trafford, and sad to see it go because uh, the council are putting a, a tram station on top of it. Well, hopefully, there'll be a, a different venue for all those United fans next year, but. Enjoy the, the following chants from, from Sam Platts on its final day ahead of Manchester United, Crystal Palace at Old Trafford. And the fans there gave it a right good send-off.